All right, welcome back to a new quarter. That was Jim Rohn. Uh, this quarter, you'll be seeing some of my favorite motivational speakers. Uh, and I'm going to introduce you to all the greats. Um, Jim Rohn being one of my favorites, Zig Ziglar, Tony Robbins, uh, Wayne Dyer, all these kind of people. I'm going to introduce you to all these greats if you haven't already experienced these guys. Because you need to see these guys. You need to, not only do you see, you need to study them. Right? Success has left clues. And that's one of the biggest issues that I see in a lot of chiropractic students, and other people for that matter, is that you try to reinvent the wheel. You try to go out there and blaze your own path. But success has left clues. People who are amazing before us, like Jim Rohn and Zig Ziglar, and great chiropractors like Dr. Sid and, and uh, Dr. Santo and Dr. Sigfus, they've left trails. Why reinvent yourself? Why try to do something completely different, right? Use the success principles that have been around for centuries and use them to make yourself better, right? That's the, to me, that's the whole point because I'm telling you the world around us is falling apart. Like every single quarter, every single quarter for the last like two years, at least once a quarter, I have to make a comment to yet another mass killing like what happened in Dallas last week. Right? What is going on that I am now doing, mentioning this every single quarter? Right? And Orlando, a month or so before that, what is going on? Something is dangerously happening to the people of our country and the world. And I will tell you, it is my personal opinion that one of the things we need to do as chiropractors is to understand something. That these people who are committing these kind of crimes... They are not on the chiropractic care. Now you may say, that's got nothing to do with anything. And you, you're welcome to that opinion. Right? Just as I'm welcome to mine. I am telling you, my patients don't do that kind of stuff. I'm telling you, your field doctors, they don't do that kind of stuff. Right? They're patients. I'm telling you, the patients clinic, we don't see mass murderers hanging out in life university clinics or your field doctor's clinics, or your peak office clinics. It just doesn't happen. Now, why is that? Can I say it's because they're getting adjusted that they're not a mass murderer? Probably can't make that direct correlation. Right? But what can I say? There's something different about chiropractic patients than non-chiropractic patients. That I can say. Just like several years ago, I did a study uh, after the swine flu. Right? Remember that whole thing? You guys are probably all in like, high school or something when that was happening. So swine flu, when swine flu came along, what were they saying about swine flu? Worst ever. Going to devastate the planet. It's just like 1918 when the swine flu first came around and killed millions and millions of people. And this is going to be so horrible. And they were pushing vaccines and this and that and the other thing. And guess what the actual tally was after the end of the swine flu? It was less. It was actually less people passed away because of swine flu, they did normal flu every single year. But that's not how they were gearing it up, right? That's not how they pushed the vaccines and how they pushed all the commercials and they scared the dickens out of everybody. So you know what I decided to do? I said, you know what? I want to study chiropractors. I want to study chiropractors and chiropractic patients and find out what their patients' experience with swine flu was. So being a diplomat in the ICPA, I polled the entire ICPA community. And I asked them, how many of your patients had the swine flu? 
because when we did research on the CDC website, it was about 7 to 10% of the typical people in this country got swine flu. Guess what the percent was in chiropractic patients that I polled at least? Zero. 1%. It was 1%. Thank you, It was 1%. So, and I remember I, I made a presentation uh, at the Association of Chiropractic Colleges Research Conference a bunch of years ago about this, and <clears throat> I was very afraid of them about to chastise me for saying, are you directly linking the fact that people didn't get the swine flu with chiropractic? Because you know that most chiropractic colleges, because that's what this whole thing is a consortium of everybody, would, would have like really jumped all over that one. So before I, I you know, let them go down that path, I said, so this is not to say that all, the reason that these people did not get the flu is because of chiropractic. But what this is, is there's something different about chiropractic patients that should be studied. Something is different, right? Something is different. Chiropractic patients are different than the regular population. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because they're getting adjusted or because they're also exercising more or because they're eating better or because they have better socioeconomics or whatever it happens to be. But we, we polled over 3,000 people, 3,000 chiropractors in the ICPA and got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of responses. And only 1% of them had swine flu, whereas 7 to 10% of the regular population, something is different. Something is different, right? And here's the thing that I want to impress upon you now at the beginning of the quarter, right? You guys got maybe 10 weeks or so before you're done with this quarter. And how many of you are graduating? Any graduates this quarter? Cool. Congratulations. You know. All right. One, one That's all right. That's all right. It's cool. So, so some of you have 10 weeks before you leave. Some of you maybe have two quarters or maybe three quarters before you leave. Let me tell you something. The world out there is very crazy, right? Dallas can be at the next Atlanta, right? We don't know. We've been very isolated and insulated so far, and I hope we always stay that way. I hope Atlanta stays really super, super safe. But here's the deal. You never know, right? One never knows what's going to happen. So what does that mean? That means we got a lot of work to do because you never know when it's the time. So we've got a lot of work to do. And as short a period of time as possible. We, we don't have, we, a lot of people these days seem to have the luxury of complacency. Like, oh, I'll get to it later. I'll, I'll get around to it eventually, you know, at some point in time. I'm telling you, I would want to, what I would like to do in this quarter is replace your sense of complacency with a sense of urgency. I want you to leave this place with a sense of urgency. Because if you graduate with a sense of complacency, good luck trying to build a practice. Right? The way to build a practice is to understand that if you don't do it, nobody's going to. If you don't reach the kids in that community, nobody's going to. If you don't reach the high schoolers in that community, nobody's going to. And don't tell me, what well, there's all these other characters, and you could marionette and public your way all through all these excuses. I'm telling you, there's very few chiropractors out there practicing chiropractic, right? There's a lot of chiropractors, but God knows what most of them are doing. Right. God knows what most of them are doing. I'm telling you, if you want to understand chiropractic, you've got to understand the sense of urgency. And you can't diss what's already been given you. Right, like Jim Rome was just saying, right? You got the seed 
and the soil and the sunshine and the rain and all these great things have all been given to you. The gift of the knowledge of becoming a chiropractor has all been given to you on a silver platter. What do you do with it? Right? You're just going to walk around and I'll this eventually. Or you're going to let another Dallas, another Orlando, another Columbine, another Newton, Connecticut. You're going to let all these things happen without doing anything. Every time I see that, every time I see another one of these tragic things on television or on the radio, I feel personally responsible in some way. I'm like, I didn't do enough. I didn't talk to enough people. I didn't know just enough kids. I need to talk to more people. I need to get out there more. Right? So we have to develop the sense of urgency because it is up to us. Right? We've been given the seed, the soil, the sunshine, the rain, and all the things you need. Right? Everything you need has been given to you on a silver platter. Now all you got to do is what? Go out there and do it. No excuses. No excuses. There's no more time for excuses. Some of you guys are this close to graduating. No excuses. No shouldas. I hear people shouldn't all the time. I should have done this, I should have done this, and I should have done this. And one of Jim Rohn's favorite sayings is, stop shooting all over yourself. Right? Stop it. You've got more important things to do than to do that. You've got more important things to do that I can't do this, and, I, and I, it's just too hard, and there's all these other obstacles, and all these other things. Just go out there and put your head down and run. Right? Just do it. Because there's people out there, every single second, right now, another kid's dead. 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 When are we going to stop this? When are we going to stop this? They're dying from asthma. They're dying from allergies. They're dying from box surgeries. They're dying and dying and dying. When are we going to stop this? When are we going to talk to talk? Yeah, it's easy to talk about back pain. It's simple to talk about back pain. It's not easy to talk about life, right? And healing and potential and innate and universal. My little boy came in to me on Friday, and he said, Dr. Ruben, I fell down. Look at this horrible cut I have on my knee. And I said to him, I said, you know what, buddy? I said, that's amazing that you got this cut there. That's a really bad cut. But you know what's even more amazing? He said, what? I said, how did the blood stop? I said, what happened when you first fell? He said, it started bleeding. I said, what happened then? He said, it stopped bleeding. I said, who did that? Who did that? He's five years old. He's like, <laughs> I don't know. I said, your body did that. I said, isn't that the coolest thing ever? Isn't that the coolest thing ever? Your body did that. Your body knows how to fix things. And he came in yesterday. And his cut was like, it was like a big scrape on his knee. That was a little thing. I said, show me your cut. He said, look at that. I said, isn't it better than it was on Friday? He said, yeah. I said, who did that? Right? I want them to develop wonderment again. Right? To be in awe. To realize how special and amazing they are, right? Because nobody's telling them this kind of stuff. What are they telling them? They're saying, oh, you got a problem? Let's put the bacitracin ointment on it because you don't want to get bacteria on it, right? Let's get you some antibiotics. Let's get you all these other chemicals, all this other stuff. Instead of telling you about the wonder of your own body, your body did this. Nothing else did that. Your body's healing it up. I said, by next week, it'll be almost gone. Isn't that amazing? And he didn't quite get it. He was five. It's, it's like you can see his little wheels turning and stuff. It's like, but inside, I know he's got it. Like, he may not have gotten it, but I know he got it. You understand what I'm saying? Right? Because there's a deep down communication. There's communication 
that's at this kind of level, and then there's this deep down communication. I want him to, I, I'm trying to go deep down, so I want him to really get this. So that, you know, a few weeks or a few months or a few years from now, he's going to get another cut, uh, or one of his friends is going to get a cut, and somehow or other, the conversation is going to come up, he's going to say, yeah, it's going to heal itself. It's going to pop out of his mouth. He's not even know where the hell it came from. <laughs> it's because I planted the seed inside his little head. Right? I hijacked his little head. Right? I brainwashed him. Yeah, exactly. Morpheus. Right? So that's, that, but that's the whole point. Right? That's what Jim Rowan is saying. By the seed, the soil, the sunshine, we're given everything. Right? We're given everything. But now it's up to you to do something with it. It's up to you to start formulating your plans on where you're going to be when you graduate and what kind of practice you're going to have and what kind of patients you want to see and all this kind of stuff. It's up to you to start doing this, right? Because you've been given the gift. You've been given the gift. And you can mock the gift and yell at the gift and talk about the parking, how bad parking is about this gift, all this other stuff that you can complain about. $100,000, $200,000 in debt, however much you're in debt, $300,000 in debt, $500,000. It doesn't matter. You know why? Why doesn't the student loans matter? Because it's your ticket in. Right? Taylor Swift played here. Right? Tickets cost like 150 bucks to see Taylor Swift. That's crazy. Well, you know what? You want to see Taylor Swift? It costs 150 bucks. If Beyonce is 400 bucks. Just the way it is. Right? Just the way it is. Right? So, so what, what do you do with the student loans? You're going to pay them back. Right? You got your car bill. You got your mortgage. You got your staff. Your student loans is just another bill. Right? So stop fretting about your student loans. Student loans don't matter. You'll pay them back. Right? They'll all be paid back. And then some. What matters is the kids. Right? That's why I do what I do. Because I gotta take care of the kids. I gotta get my hands on more kids. Careful who you say that to. <laughs> <laughs> Well, in this room, this is safe, right? We're, safe We're all good. I don't even think that way. Here's why I just, you know why I just parents? Why do I just parents? Because they have kids. Because they're the ticket. Well, they're the ticket, but they're the, they got the kids. They got, I don't want to trust the parents, really. Honestly, parents complain a lot, blah, blah. I want just kids. But you got to get one for the other, right? Kids can't drive. Yeah, kids can't drive. That's no reason why kids can't drive. Right? But that's the point. That's the point. There's the seed, the soil, the sunshine, the rain. It's all out there. Right? 300 million people. How many of them get adjusted? Not many. Not many. Right? Can you build a practice on the rest of it? Right? So let, let's say 10% of population get adjusted because that's the only math I can do. So 300 million, that means like 30 million people are getting adjusted. So can you build a practice on 280 million people? 270. Right? Can you build your practice on 270 million people? I bet you can. Don't tell me there's still too many people out there, too much competition. No, there is not. No, there is not. Competition's right here. Here's your competition. That's it. Right? You gotta, you gotta make your mind up. Once you make your mind up, there's no more competition. Because people will beat down your door to get what you have, right? And you've got to believe that. You've got to believe that what you can do is so powerful that you can change people, that you can make a difference. 
because we need more people out there making a difference. Okay? So, <clears throat> what I'm going to do every, uh, every week 